It has been appointed unto men once to die. Every one of the seven billion people alive on this earth are going to die. You and I are going to die. Preaching the old time gospel. With a fresh anointing to a new generation. This is Saved to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall. You're going to die. That's a nice thought, isn't it? But in reality, it's something we need to consider. And because of the fact that eternity is a really, really long time, we ought to consider where we're going to end up. Today on Saved to the Uttermost, Brian Tyndall will bring a message looking at the lives of two people in the New Testament and the two places they ended up after they died. So turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 16 for a study entitled, Lazarus and the Rich Man. Here's Brian. Today we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke chapter 16 beginning with verse 19. And the scripture says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, Remember that thou in thy lifetime received good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from there. And then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Today we're looking at this passage of Scripture And scholars have debated for many years whether in this passage of Scripture, it's obviously Jesus speaking, they don't debate that, but they debate whether Jesus was speaking a parable, which is a uh, a story, uh, if you will, a type of fable. In other words, Jesus is making up the story, and he's using a a parable, a made-up story to communicate spiritual truth or whether Jesus was actually talking about two real men. This was an actual historical event that took place, and Jesus is telling about this historical event. Well, the truth is, while scholars uh, disagree about whether this is a parable or whether this is an actual historical event, the reality is it doesn't have any bearing on what we read here either way. Because whether this is a parable that teaches spiritual truth that Jesus used many times when he spoke uh, from parables, or whether this is an actual historical event that Jesus is 
uh, telling to these people, it really doesn't matter because the truth that is contained in this story or in this historical narrative that Jesus is is giving to us, the truth that is contained in this story is the same no matter whether it's a parable or whether it was an actual historical event. And so that's what we need to focus on today. What was Jesus communicating through this passage of Scripture by the things that he said in this passage of Scripture? And actually what Jesus is communicating here is one of the most important things that can be communicated. And that is Jesus was speaking about eternity. He was speaking about heaven and he was speaking about hell. And in this passage of Scripture, Jesus tells us about two different men. Now, one of these men were actually given uh, the name. His name is Lazarus. The other person, we're not told the name specifically. The other person is just referred to uh, generically as a rich man. But these two individuals in this story, these two people, these two men, really, they represent all of humanity. Every person that has ever lived, every person that's on this earth living today, and there's over 7 billion people alive on this earth today, every one of us on this earth today are represented by one of these two men. We are either like Lazarus today, or we're like the rich man. I want us to think about these two men. I want us to think about uh, the men. I want us to think about their lives. I want us to think about their deaths. And I want us to think about their eternities today. And as we look at these two men, as we look at their lives, as we look at the way these two men died, and as we look at the two eternities that they went out into after their death, I want us to think about which one of these two men am I? Which one of these two men best represents me and my life today? Because I believe with all my heart that one of these two men represent every person that's under the sound of my voice today. You know, these two men were very different. Lazarus, the scripture says, was a poor man. He was a beggar. Uh, that means that while Lazarus was on this earth, he never had uh, very much material gain. He never had much money. He never had many material possessions. Uh, he was poor. He was a beggar. Uh, he was a person that suffered physically. The Bible says that he was sick. He was laid at the rich man's gate. Uh, he had sores. Uh, and so Lazarus did not have a very good life while he was on this earth. From a human perspective, we would look at Lazarus and we would say, man, he really had a miserable life. He was poor. Uh, he didn't have a place to live, probably. He never had a good job. He never made a lot of money. And, and on top of all of that, he was physically ill. He had a lot of sickness, uh, physical sickness while he was here on this earth. And so from a human perspective, Lazarus seems to have had a very hard, difficult life while he was here on this earth. But the one thing that is different about Lazarus is that from this story, we see that while he did not have money and while he did not have material possessions and while he did have a lot of physical sickness, it is obvious that he did have a spiritual life. He did have a relationship with God. He he was saved. And the reason that we know that is because when the scripture says that he died, the Bible says that the angels came immediately and took him into Abraham's bosom. And this is a metaphor for heaven. So when Lazarus died, he went to heaven. And so although he had a difficult life physically and financially uh, and materially, the good news is, is that Lazarus 
had a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we all need. It's like I've heard people say for many years, and you've probably heard people say something like this too. I've never seen a hearse that was pulling a U-Haul. What does that mean? It means when you die, when we, when a person dies and they put their body in that casket and put them in the back of that hearse, there's nobody taking their money with them. There's nobody taking their material possessions with them. And so while we would look at Lazarus and we might be tempted to say he had a bad life, the reality is that he didn't have a bad life in the sense that he had a spiritual life. He came to the point in his life where he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. He was forgiven of his sins. He was born again in the family of God. And so even though he suffered and had a difficult life while he was on this earth, immediately when he died physically, the angels came and escorted him into the very presence of God. And he's there even until this very day. But the other man uh, was very different than Lazarus. While Lazarus was poor and never had very many things materially, the other man, we don't even know his name, but he's simply referred to as the rich man. The rich man was the very opposite of Lazarus. The rich man was not a beggar. The rich man had everything that you could humanly want to have. He had all the material possessions. He had all the money. He lived in the biggest house. He had everything that this world says that you have to have to be a success, to be happy, uh, to, to be a person who, who is influential, to be a person who has made it here in this life. I mean, the rich man would be a person that really, if we looked at him, we would say, man, I, I, I wish I could be like that. I wish I could have what he has. Uh, I wish I could live where he lives. I mean, from a human perspective, the rich man had it made. His whole life was wonderful. He never was worried about how he was going to pay his bills. He was never worried about how he was going to look after his family. I mean, the rich man was just a person of wealth and a person of material gain, and he never had to worry about material things while he was here on this earth. But the problem is, when he died, the scripture doesn't say that the angels came and escorted him into heaven. The scripture says that when he died, that he lifted up his eyes being in hell. And the reason is, not because he was rich, the reason is, is because while he was on this earth, his attention was totally on material things. While he was on this earth, he was worried about money. He was worried about materialism. He was worried about physical gain. And he didn't have any time for spiritual things. He didn't have any time for the word of God. He didn't have any time for the house of God. He didn't have any time for God himself. And so apparently while the rich man was on this earth, even though he had a very blessed life, from a physical point of view, he never took time to invest in his spiritual life. He never took time to, to go before God and, and recognize his need for God and recognize his separation from God because of his sin. And as a result of that, even though he lived a very blessed and, and awesome life on this earth, uh, all the years that he lived, when he died, and he went into eternity, he went into eternity bankrupt. He went into eternity without having invested anything in the spiritual life. And there's a lot of people like that on this earth today. 
There's a lot of people in the United States in particular today. We are a very blessed country, especially from the position of financial blessings and material blessings. And there are many, many people that are like this rich man in this story. They, they are a success. Uh, in the eyes of the world, they've made it. They've, they've pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. They've worked hard. They've gotten an education. They've applied themselves. They've made money. They live in a nice home. They have many material possessions. They feel secure in the things that they have here on this earth. And quite honestly, they're not interested in spiritual things. They're not taking time to think about eternity because they're very happy with the way their life is right now. And they think that the things that they have, the material things that they have, are going to be able to look after them and provide for them all the days of their life. And they don't really see their need for God or their need to reach out to God and receive the salvation that he can bring to them. But my friends, we need to look at this story. We need to look at these two men, regardless of what we have today materially, regardless of whether we're educated or uneducated, whether we're poor or whether we're rich, whether we have a good job or no job at all, whether we live in a nice house or whether we live in, in some place that most people wouldn't even want to stay. None of those physical things have to influence us. None of those physical things need to keep us from preparing for eternity. This story is not communicating that poor people go to heaven and rich people go to hell. That's not what this story is suggesting. This story is simply talking about two men and two different ways and lifestyles that these two men had. It's very possible for a poor person to go to hell. It's very possible for a rich person to go to heaven. What happens to us in eternity has no bearing on what our life was like while we were on this earth financially or materially. Uh, there's nothing that a, a lack of material things can do to prepare us for heaven, but there's also nothing that uh, an abundance of material things can do to prepare us for heaven. You know, while we're here on this earth, all of us are going to have different circumstances. Some of us are going to live at a lower level economically. Some of us are going to live at a higher level. Uh, all of us are going to have different circumstances, just like these two men here that Jesus is talking about in the Bible. We're going to live very different lives while we're here on this earth. But all of us can take time to prepare for eternity. But I want us to see not only these two men and their lives, I want us to see uh, the two deaths of these men. The scripture is clear, Hebrews 9, 27, it has been appointed and the men wants to die. All of us are going to die. We may be young today, but we're going to die. We may not think that our death is going to come anytime soon, but we're going to die. We may not be prepared for death, but we're going to die. Uh, it may not be something you want to think about today, but we're going to die. And the reality is, is that both of these men in this story died. They lived very different lives on this earth, and yet they came to the very same end. And that's going to happen to every person. There's over 7 billion people alive on this earth today. Some of them extremely wealthy. Some of them extremely poor. Some of them in very wonderful health. Some of them in very horrible health. Some of them very educated. Some of them never went to school. But the reality is no matter what their physical conditions are today, Every one of the 7 billion people alive on this earth are going to
to die, just like the two men in this story. You and I are going to die. And I want us to look at these two deaths. The Bible says in Revel, uh, in Luke chapter 16, verse 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Lazarus did not have a good life while he was on this earth uh, from a physical perspective. He never had much money. He never had material possessions, and he even had a lot of physical sickness. And yet when he died, he was ready for eternity. When he died, immediately, the Bible says, the angels came and escorted him into the presence of God. Uh, and that's what we find that the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that when we die physically, that we are immediately going into eternity. Though our physical bodies die, when we breathe our last breath physically, the Bible teaches that our next breath, our next moment after our physical bodies die, our next moment is going to be in eternity, either in heaven or in hell. And for Lazarus, when he died physically, the Bible says immediately the angels came and escorted him into the presence of God. That's what the Apostle Paul teaches. The Apostle Paul taught that for the Christian to be absent from the body was to be present with the Lord. Jesus told his disciples in John, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus told them, I go and prepare you a place. And if I go and prepare you a place, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus promised us in the word of God that there is a heaven, that he has prepared a place, a home for every one of us that will receive him by faith, for every person that will humble themselves and put their faith in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone, for every person that will confess their sin and ask for the forgiveness and cleansing of Jesus Christ, for every person that will turn their back on sin, that will repent and turn away from their sin and turn to Christ in faith for salvation, Jesus says, I promise those people that there is a heaven and that I have prepared them a home and that I will come again and receive them unto myself so they can go and be where I am for eternity. And that's exactly what happened to Lazarus. Immediately when he died, he had been saved. And immediately when he died, immediately he was escorted by the angels into eternity, into heaven, to be in the presence of God forever and ever and ever. But notice that's not what happened to the rich man. The rich man also died. The Bible says in verse 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels in Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes being in torments. And so both of these men died, but they died very different deaths and they experienced very different eternities. Uh, when, when Lazarus died physically, God sent the angels to receive him and to bring him into eternity, into heaven, into the presence of God, because while he was on this earth, he had, he had entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ through faith. He had been born again by the Spirit of God into the family of God. He knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He had become a child of God. And so when he died physically, immediately he was ushered into eternity into heaven. 
But the rich man, when he died, the scripture says, the very next thing it says, it says, and the rich man also died, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. You see, this wasn't something that took place way, way later on. Immediately when the rich man died, just like immediately when Lazarus died physically, immediately God sent those angels and brought him into eternity. The rich man also died physically, and immediately he lifted up his eyes in hell. I want us to see today that eternity is real. And eternity is forever. And I think there's a misconception that uh, it, the Christians are going to live forever and ever, that heaven is eternal. But I don't think that we understand that it's not just heaven that's eternal. But I want us to also see that the rich man, although he did not have a relationship with God, although he had rejected God while he was on this earth, although he had never put his faith in Christ and asked for forgiveness and been born again by the Spirit of God, he was focused on physical, financial, material things, not on eternal spiritual things. But when he died physically, he also, his soul also went into eternity. And it's still there today, only it's not in heaven. Because the angels were not sent to bring him into the presence of God. The scripture says when he died, because he did not have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that immediately he lifted up his eyes being in hell. And so today, every single one of us on this earth, no matter what our physical or financial situation is, every one of us are going to die. It may be today, it may be a week from now, it may be 10 years from now, it may be a 100 years from now, but every one of us are going to die. And when we die, immediately our soul is going to go into eternity, and there's only two places for us to go. We're either going to be like Lazarus, and we're going to be saved, and we're going to be ready for death, and we're going to be ready for eternity because we've put our faith in Christ and in Christ alone, and we've been born again into the family of God. And when we die physically, to be absent from the body is to going to be present with the Lord, and those same angels are going to escort us into the presence of Jesus Christ in heaven for eternity, or we're going to be like the rich man. We're going to have wasted our life. We're going to have invested ourselves in this earth and in materialism and in financial things and in material things and physical things, but we're not going to have considered eternity and we're not going to have prepared for eternity and we're not going to have entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ through faith and we're going to have waited till it's eternally too late and one day when we least expect it, we're going to be like the rich man and we're going to die and we're going to think that's the end. I've had people tell me before, Brian, I just don't believe in eternity. I don't believe in heaven. I don't believe in hell. I don't believe in judgment. I believe that when you die, they're going to put your body in the ground and it's going to decay. And that's the end. I don't believe there's anything else. My friend, it doesn't matter what you believe. The only thing that matters is what God's word teaches is the truth. And God's word teaches that when God made us, he did not just make us physical, but he also made us spiritual. He did not just give us bodies that are going to be on this earth for a period of time, but he gave us eternal souls that are going to continue to live forever and ever and ever. And my friend, whether you believe in heaven and hell, whether you believe in judgment, whether you believe in eternity, it has no bearing on the fact of whether it's real or not. God's word teaches it. And the Bible says that heaven and earth may pass away, but the word of God is going to endure forever. God cannot lie. He is the truth. 
He doesn't just have the truth. He doesn't just speak the truth. He is the truth. And Jesus himself says in this passage of scripture that all men are going to die just like these two men. And that after death, all of us are going into eternity just like these two men. And there's only two places to go. And that's heaven and that's hell. And then Jesus begins to describe to us in this passage of scripture what hell is like. And I want us to look at this passage of scripture and I want us to see uh, very quickly some things that Jesus says that are characteristics of hell. You know, people talk about hell, but uh, we don't we don't really hear a lot of sermons about hell. We don't really hear a lot of teaching about hell. And so I think there's a lot of misconceptions and and wrong ideas out there about hell. Uh, the first thing I want us to see from this passage of scripture is that hell is a real place. The Bible says in verse 23 uh, that when the rich man died and was buried in hell, he lift up his eyes being in torment. Hell is a real place. The Bible teaches that hell is a real place. It's not a fairy tale. It's not something that's made up by man or by religion or by the church. Jesus Christ in this passage of scripture, like he does in other places in scripture, speaks of hell as a real place. Jesus says this real man died and he really lifted up his eyes in hell. He found himself in a very real place. Hell is real and you don't want to go there. Nobody wants to go to hell. And so my friends, the good news of the gospel today is that Jesus Christ has done everything that needs to be done so that you and I do not have to go to hell. And I want you to hear me today. God does not want anybody to go to hell. The scripture is clear. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the most familiar verse in the Bible, John 3.16, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. God loved the world. He loves every person. He loves you. He loves us all so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, my friend, God has done everything that's necessary for us to escape hell. But I'm telling you today, and I'm telling you based on the authority of God's word, that if we do not humble ourselves and put our faith in Christ and in Christ alone, and if we do not confess our sin and humble ourselves before Jesus Christ and ask for the forgiveness and cleansing that only he can bring through his shed blood, and if we do not turn from our sins and turn to him as our, as our only source of hope, as our only Savior, if we do not do that while we are here on this earth, if we live our life like this rich man in the story, and we live our life for the things of this world, and we never take time to prepare for eternity. One day we're going to die just like this man, and we're going to discover, just like he discovered, that hell is a very real place. And just like he lifted up his eyes in hell, we will lift up our eyes in hell. The scripture says that hell is a horrible place. Hell is a horrible place. It is a place of torment in fact, the Bible mentions here, even in these few verses that we read, it mentions three different times 
that hell is a place of torment or torments. The Bible says here in verse 23, and in hell he lift up his eyes being in torments. In verse 24, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. And then in verse 25, but Abraham said, son, thou in thy lifetime receive good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. Hell is a horrible place. It's not only a real place, it's a horrible place. It's a place of torments. And you know, I've heard people uh, say before, I, I remember I was preaching one time and, and I was preaching about things like eternity and hell and making a decision for Jesus Christ so that when you died, you didn't have to go to hell. And I remember uh, this young man came up to me after the service and he told me, he said, uh, Brother Brian, he said, I don't care if I go to hell when I die. He said, in fact, when I die, I want to go to hell. And I said, why in the world would you make a statement like that? Why would you say uh, that when you die, you want to go to hell? And he said, oh, it's simple. He said, uh, all of my friends that have died, they're in hell. I know they're in hell. And he said, when we were on this earth, we partied together. And he said, and when I die, I want to go to hell because we're going to just have a party forever and ever. And I said, you are so deceived. You see, that's what the devil does. He deceives us. And he had deceived that young man. And there's a lot of people on this earth. We might not have the ignorance or the boldness to say what that young man said, that we want to go to hell because we want to party with our friends. But there's a lot of people out there that think to themselves, I don't really care if I go to hell. I can assure you today, based on the authority of the word of God, that nobody that has gone to hell is partying in hell. Nobody that went to hell is having a good time in hell. Every single person that is in hell is being tormented. And the scripture used that word in the plural form, that in hell there'll be torments, multiple types of torment in hell. And I don't know what all of those are going to be, but I know this, nobody wants to go to a place where they're going to spend eternity and all of that eternity they're going to spend being tormented. But not only do I want us to see that hell is a real place and that hell is a horrible place, I want us to see that hell is a place without mercy. Hell is a place without mercy. In verse 24, Jesus said, And he cried, that is the rich man, when he lifted up his eyes in hell, he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Isn't it amazing? This rich man lived all of those years on this earth. Uh, had a good job, made a lot of money, had many material possessions. Uh, he was just blessed every way, uh, physically and materially, that anybody could hope to be blessed. And while he was on this earth, he never took time to cry out to Jesus Christ for mercy, for salvation, for forgiveness, for grace. You see, he didn't think he needed that. He, he didn't think that, that that took any type of priority in his life. And so he went his whole life on this earth without ever crying out for the mercy of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was always one breath away. At any moment that the rich man lived on this earth, he could have fallen on his face before God. He could have humbled himself before Jesus Christ and confessed his sin and asked for forgiveness. And the Bible says that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He could have been saved. He could have received the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ at any moment that he lived on this earth. And he never asked for it. 
But isn't it interesting that while he did not have time to ask Jesus for forgiveness, for mercy and salvation while he was on this earth, the scripture says that when he died and went to this real place called hell and immediately lifted up his eyes in torment, that the very first thing he did, the very first words out of his mouth were crying out for the mercy of God. I want to tell you, there is no mercy in hell. When people get to hell, they have waited too late. When people die physically, they have waited too late. And I know a lot of people that are doing that. I have talked to many people in my life since I received Jesus Christ, many people all over this world, and many of them have told me things like, "Uh, Brian, I'm going to do that one day. One day when I get older, one day when I finish school, one day when I finish sowing my wild oats, one day when I get married, one day when I have children, one day when I get older, one day when I retire, one day before I die, I plan on crying out for the salvation of Jesus Christ. But you see, they're deceived. Satan has deceived them. They think that they come to God on their terms. And the Bible is clear that we do not come to God on our terms. The Bible is clear that we come to God on his terms. In fact, the Bible says that no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws them. We have to be drawn to God. In our own physical lost condition, we're not going to come to Jesus Christ. We're not going to humble ourselves. We're not going to put our faith in Jesus Christ in and of ourselves. It's only when God speaks to us. It's only when faith is created in us through the word of God. Because that's where faith comes from. The Bible says faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, while I'm preaching this message today, while I'm reading this scripture today, that's when faith has the ability to be birthed in you. That's when you have the ability to to put faith in Jesus Christ. As you're hearing this message, as the word of God is being read and preached and spoken the faith can be created in you. And as you're having that faith, as God is turning your attention toward Christ, turning your attention toward your need for Christ, turning your attention toward eternity, that's when we need to come to him. But my friends, if we reject him when we're on this earth, if we don't take time to humble ourselves and be saved while we're here on this earth, when we get to hell, when we get to hell, we will cry out for the mercy of Jesus Christ but it'll be too late because while it is possible for every person, I don't care who they are. I don't care how far they have strayed from God. I don't care how bad their sin is. I don't care how messed up their life is. It is possible for every person on this earth to cry out for the mercy of Jesus Christ today and be saved. But the moment that we die, there'll be no mercy in hell. The rich man cried out for the mercy of God, but he did not cry out for it until he was in hell. And hell is a place without mercy. But not only is hell a real place, and not only is hell a horrible place, and not only is hell a place without mercy, hell is a place of fire. Hell is a place of fire. Maybe you've heard that before, but I want you to hear it from Jesus. I want you to hear it from the word of God. The Bible says in Luke chapter 16, 24, verse 24, Jesus is speaking. He says, and I cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. 
in this flame. The rich man, when he died and he lifted up his eyes in hell, not only was he being tormented, not only was he crying out for the mercy of God and could not receive the mercy of God because there's no mercy in hell, but he was being tormented in a flame because hell is a place of eternal fire. Uh, A couple of years ago, uh, I went on a mission trip to Haiti, and Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. I've been there several times. And I have a missionary friend that's been in Haiti for about 35 years, and they have a, a big mission compound there where they uh, they have well drilling equipment and feeding programs, and, and they do a lot of ministry there on that compound. And one of the things that they have there is a burn clinic. It is one of the only places in Haiti uh, that is a medical facility dedicated to burns. And uh, And there's a lot of people that are burned in Haiti. Because uh, in Haiti, people use open flames. They use wood and coal uh, uh, to cook with. Uh, that's how most people cook their food, and, and they'll make those fires outside on the ground. And so people are around fire daily. And, uh, and children there in the home are around fire, open fire daily. And many people, many children are burned in Haiti uh, all the time. And so this clinic has been being run for years for Haitians that are burned and they can come to that clinic and receive treatment. And that day I was there and he took me down to see this clinic and they were working on people that had come to the clinic that day that had been burned. And I'll never forget, we went into this clinic and they were showing me around and there was about a 12, 13, 14 year old boy there, Haitian boy, and he had been burned and he had been burned over about half of his body. And this wasn't the first day that he had been at the clinic. He had been to the clinic numerous days, coming daily. And uh, he had some very serious uh, wounds from burns. And they were working on him, and they were having to clean those wounds. And, and it was hurting him immensely. And that young boy was screaming. And I'll never forget his screams as long as I live. I've never heard a child, I've never heard a person scream like that. I didn't know that sounds like that could come out of the human body. But that young boy was screaming. I mean, at the top of his lungs, he was just blood-curdling screams that would not stop. And uh, as a matter of fact, I didn't want to be there. I, I, I told the missionary, I said, I'm ready to go. And uh, and we were riding around on like a four-wheeler. I'll never forget, we went outside and got onto that four-wheeler. And as we were driving away, I could hear that boy screaming. I And he was saying something as he screamed, but I, I didn't know what he was saying because he was speaking a foreign language. And I asked that missionary, I said, what is that boy saying? And he said, he's saying, he's telling them to stop the fire, that he to stop the burning. And I thought to myself, this young boy was burned uh, a couple of weeks ago, and yet he still feels like he's on fire. He still feels like he's burning. There's no fire there. There's no burning there. And yet he still feels like the flames are there. He still feels like the burning is there. And as I was driving away with that missionary, the Lord just spoke to me in my spirit. And he said, Brian, that's what it's going to be like for the people that go to hell. That's what the people that are in hell today are doing. They're doing the very same thing this boy's doing. They're burning, and yet they don't burn up. They're burning in an eternal flame of torment, of punishment that is in anguish. And they're crying out just like that boy in pain and suffering. And they're asking for the fire to be taken away. They're asking for the burning to stop. And yet it's never going to stop. 
And I'll never forget the last thing I heard as we went out of the distance of hearing uh, was hearing the screams of that boy. And all of my life since then, every time I read about hell in the Bible, I think about that boy and I remember the sounds of torment and screaming that were coming from his mouth. And I remember that that's what the people in hell are doing today. They're burning for eternity. But not only is hell a place, a real place, a horrible place, a place without mercy, a place of fire, but I want you to see that hell is a place of remembrance. Hell is a place of remembrance. Verse 25, But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received good things, and likewise Lazarus received evil things. As he's speaking to God, uh, God says, Remember. And I thought to myself, So this man that has gone to hell is able to remember. He's telling him to remember what your life was like when you were on this earth. Remember how good you had it. And so what that what that showed me was is that hell is a place of remembrance. The people that go to hell can remember what their life was like on this earth. And what that means is, is if, if we die without Jesus Christ and we go to hell, not only is it going to be a place without mercy, not only is it going to be a place of torment, not only is it going to be a place of eternal fire that will not ever quit burning, but it's going to be a place that we can remember. We're going to spend eternity remembering what our life was like here on this earth. I believe we're going to remember every opportunity that we had to get saved. I believe we're going to remember every time that the Spirit of God was drawing us to Himself and we rejected Him. I believe we're going to remember every time we went to church and had an invitation to receive Christ. I believe we're going to remember this sermon today. I believe we're going to remember every single time that we rejected Jesus Christ and did not receive him when we had opportunity to do so here on this earth. And can you imagine how much that's going to torment us as we're there in eternity, in hell, because we have not received Jesus Christ, because we have rejected his salvation, and we're going to spend eternity remembering and regretting how we lived our life on this earth. My friends, today is the day of salvation. That's what the Bible says. And if we will receive Jesus Christ today, we'll never go to hell. If we will receive Jesus Christ today and put our faith in him and ask for forgiveness that only he can bring and repent of our sins and turn to Jesus Christ for salvation, we will never have to spend eternity regretting that we have rejected Jesus Christ. My friends, I beg us today to turn to Jesus Christ before it's eternally too late. The next thing I want us to see is that hell is eternal. Hell is eternal. Jesus said in verse 26, And beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from here to you cannot, and they which would pass to us that would come from there cannot. What is Jesus saying? He's telling the rich man who's gone to hell, there's no way for you to ever escape. There's no way for you to ever leave hell. There's no way from anybody here to ever go to you in hell. What he's saying is hell is eternal. Hell is forever. Hell is an eternal sentence. You know, there's people that, that teach that when we die, there's, there's not just a heaven and a hell, but there's a purgatory. Some people teach that there's an intermediate place. 
and that, you know, well, maybe I weren't, I was not ready to go to heaven because I wasn't saved. Uh, but I, I wasn't so, so bad. So I wasn't ready to go to hell. And they said there's an intermediate place and we can go and stay there and people can pray for us and do good works in our name. And, and then one day we can get to go to heaven. My friends, I can tell you there is no such place as purgatory in the Bible. The Bible never mentions an intermediate state in eternity. The only two places that the Bible mentions in eternity is heaven and hell. And the Bible is clear that when a person dies, their soul goes immediately to one of those two places, and it remains there forever and ever. There is no escape. Once you go to hell, you are there for eternity. Every person who has died without Jesus Christ and is in hell today will be there forever and ever and ever. There will never be a time when they do not continue to exist in hell. There is no escape from hell. My friends, we don't want to go to hell because if we go to hell, we're going to be separated from God for eternity. We're going to be there forever and ever, and there's not going to be any escape. And that's why Jesus gave us this passage of Scripture. That's why he warns us in his mercy and his grace and his love for us that we don't want to go to that place called hell because it's real. And it's a place of torment, and it's a place of fire, and it's a place without mercy. And it's a place that we're going to spend eternity remembering how we had an opportunity to be saved, remembering that we could have turned to Jesus Christ, but we rejected him. And it's going to be eternal. And the last thing I want us to see about hell, and this may be one of the most surprising things. Uh, there's probably going to be some people that just can't even believe that I'm saying this, but I, I'm saying it only because we find it written here in the scripture. Uh, I want us to see lastly that hell is a place of prayer. Hell is a place of prayer. Jesus says in verse 27, Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. So the rich man has died, and he's speaking back, and he's saying, Well, if, if there can't be any mercy for me, if I can never leave this place because hell is eternal, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that you would send someone to my father's house because I have five brothers that someone may testify to them lest they come also to this place of torment. And so what was the rich man doing? He was praying. He was praying in hell. What was he praying for? That God would send someone on earth to his father's house because he said, I have five brothers that live there and they're lost just like I was lost. They're on the way to hell just like I was on the way to hell. They haven't received Jesus Christ as their savior. And he said, if there's no hope for me, if there's no mercy for me, if there's no escape from hell for me, then he said, I pray God that you would send somebody to my father's house so that they could witness, so that they could testify to my five brothers, so they could be saved, so they do not have to come to this same hell, so they do not have to come to this same place of torment. Do you know what the people in hell are doing? Among other things, among suffering, one of the things they're doing in hell today, according to the Bible, is the people there are remembering those of us that are left here on earth. And maybe we have some friends or family members uh, that have already gone on into eternity. And maybe we have some friends and family members that died without Jesus Christ, without uh, putting their faith in Christ, without being saved. 
And if, and if those family members and friends died without Christ, they went into eternity and they went into hell. But my friends, I can tell you today, they're not wanting you to join them in that place. Today, they're praying. They're crying out to God. And they're begging him. They're asking him to send somebody to you, to speak to you, to witness to you, to share with you the truth about salvation, to share with you the truth about sin, to share with you the truth about salvation, to share with you the truth about death and eternity. And the reason they're praying that God will send somebody to you is because they don't want us to come to that place called hell. They do not want us to come to that place of torment. They do not want us to die without being right with God like they did. My friends, I pray for us today. And I know God prays for us. And even the people in hell are praying for us today. And Jesus told this story because life is short. He told us this story because our sin has separated us from God. And the only hope that we have is Jesus Christ. He told us this story because he knew that it had been appointed unto men once to die. He knew that we were all going to die sooner than we could ever imagine. He knows that eternity is real. He knows that those that die without Jesus Christ are going to an eternity in hell, separated from God forever in torment. And he loves us so much that he preserved this story, this teaching from the lips of Jesus himself to us so we could hear that message today, so we could read those scriptures. The Holy Spirit of God could minister this truth to our heart today. And my friends, my prayer for every single one of us today, for every person under the sound of my voice today, my prayer is that before it is eternally too late, that we would all take a moment and that we would come to a place in our life where we would be willing to humble ourselves before Almighty God, our Creator and our God and our Savior, and that we would be willing to admit and to confess to Him that we have sinned against Him that we have rebelled against his word and his will for our lives, and that we would be willing to ask for the forgiveness and the cleansing that only he can bring through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And my friends, that we would be willing to ask him to help us, to give us the strength and the faith that we need to turn from the path that we're on, to turn from the direction that we're going, to turn from our sin and to turn to him before it's eternally too late. And my friends, my prayer is today that every single person under the sound of my voice, that we all would put our faith in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone today for salvation, trusting and believing that the work that he did 2,000 years ago on the cross when he died for our sins and shed his blood there on the cross, that there's nothing else or no one else that can do anything to save us other than what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross and that we would believe today that not only did he die for our sins, but that he rose victoriously over death, hell, and the grave on the third day, and that Jesus is alive, and that we would trust him today as Savior and Lord of our lives. And my friends, if you will do that today, I promise you that you will be born again into the family of God, and that one day when you die, those same angels that came and escorted Lazarus into heaven that God will send them to escort you. He's preparing you a place if you will trust Him, if you will ask Him, if you will receive Him as your Savior Lord today. 
He will prepare you a place in eternity. And we'll never have to go to that place called hell. My friends, will you receive him today? I pray that you will. In Jesus' name, amen. A big motivator in coming to faith in Jesus is staying out of hell. That's a pretty good reason. And that wraps up today's message from evangelist Brian Tyndall on Save to the Uttermost. Save to the Uttermost is the radio outreach of Uttermost Evangelism. Brian is the founder and director and serves as a full-time missionary evangelist, preaching in open-air crusades, training pastors, leading church revivals, and much more in the uttermost parts of the earth. Brian's message today was entitled, Lazarus and the Rich Man, and you can listen to the entire unedited version at our website, uttermostevangelism.org. And while you're there, download or request a copy of Brian's easy-to-read booklet, Salvation, Man's Greatest Need, God's Greatest Gift. God has created us with a physical body that will last only a few years here on earth, and a soul that will live forever, either in heaven or hell. In the book, Brian examines the five aspects of salvation, why all people need to be saved, how God has made our salvation possible, why anyone can be saved, what salvation really is, and how we receive God's gift of salvation. If you'd like one for yourself or to give to a friend, we'd love to send you a copy. Just click on the banner to download or request a copy when you visit uttermostevangelism.org. You can also request a copy by writing us at Uttermost Evangelism, P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. Once again, P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, that's spelled P-O-N-T-O-T-O-C, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. Or you can call us. Our number is 662-372-1912. Just ask for salvation, man's greatest need, God's greatest gift, and we'll send to you a free copy as our way of saying thanks for listening to Save to the Uttermost. Uttermost Evangelism and the Save to the Uttermost broadcast are made possible by the generous gifts and prayers from people just like you. Your support helps further kingdom growth. To make a tax-deductible donation, simply visit uttermostevangelism.org or write Uttermost Evangelism, P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. Well, that's all for today. Join us again next time. And remember, Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those that come to God through him. God bless. Save to the Uttermost is provided by Uttermost Evangelism, Pontotoc, Mississippi.